This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. My thought is out of the book of Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 1. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is therefore now, at this present moment, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Beloved, when you ascend the mountain of Scripture, you will find on the south face of the Old Testament the book of Isaiah. For if you only had to pick one verse in, all, in one book in all of the Old Testament to have, you would have to pick the book of Isaiah. But when you go to the north face of the apex of Scripture, you'll have to find the book of Romans. If you only had one book in the entire New Testament to have, you would have to pick Romans. One commentator said that Romans is the constitution of Christianity. When you come to chapter number 8, if, if, if Romans is the apex of the New Testament, then chapter 8 is the apex of the apex of Romans. Because you come down into the book of Romans and in chapter number 6, the apostle Paul, he says this. He says, the law says that we are all sinners. He says, if you have offended in one point, if just one thing you've done wrong, he said, you are guilty of all of them. If you have stolen one thing, then you are a sinner. If, if you have thought one bad thing, then you are a sinner. If you have if said something against somebody, then you are a sinner. There are no levels of sinner. There ain't no good sinners and bad sinners and half sinners and mediocre sinners and sinners that ain't really done that much bad. It's like this. You either is or you ain't. And how many of you this morning, you woke up breathing air? Then you is. That's what the Bible says in chapter number 6. Then you get into chapter number 7 and Paul says, all right, if you are a sinner, you are now condemned under the law. He says if you break one law, then you are already condemned. Condemnation is on your life. You say, what is condemnation? Condemnation is the word which means a damnatory sentence. It means that you are worthy of the punishment that comes from being a lawbreaker. And being a lawbreaker in the Old Testament meant that you were worthy of death. How many of you raised your hands while ago that you were breathing air? Lift them up real high. If you're raising your hand right now, then you are a sinner and you're worthy under the Old Testament to die. But when you get to chapter number 8, this is what Paul says. 
Paul says there's a new transaction that's taken place. He says, if now you are in Christ Jesus, then you have no condemnation under the law. You have no damnatory sentence under the law. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. There is nothing that somebody can do that is in Christ Jesus that will bring back upon your life that condemnatory, that damning sentence of death. He says, if you are in Christ Jesus, it is as if you have never been under the sentence of death. And he says, there is therefore now at this moment in your life, nothing that you can do that can bring you condemnation, that sentence of death. Absolutely not a thing you can do. Remember a while ago how I said that there are no big sins and little sins and there are no half sins and there are no big this and there are, it just is or it ain't. You flip that on its head and you come down to Jesus Christ and here's the deal. There aren't Christians that have a little bit of sin. There are not Christians that have done a small thing bad or a big thing bad. He says if you are in Christ then there is absolutely no condemnation to them that are in Christ. You know what that means? They ain't nothing you can do to deserve to die the death of hell and Satan and spend forever outside of God. If you are in Christ Jesus, then you, beloved, have no condemnation at all. Now, I'm going somewhere. The church is missing a big opportunity in this culture. Right now, the culture wars are flaring. I'm talking exploding. And the big thing this week is Roe versus Wade and abortion. And man, I mean, it's flaring. And you know, I've heard, pre- and, and they ought to. I've heard preachers talk about how abortion is this and abortion is that, and they ought to. I've heard them say how it's murder, and they ought to. But the church is missing a big opportunity. You know where the big opportunity is? I'll be honest with you right now. You do realize at this very moment, the people that don't believe in abortion, you ain't changing their mind. And the people that do believe in abortion, you ain't changing their mind. You can't change somebody's mind that believes that deeply. But here is where we're missing the opportunity. There are millions of people that are living with the guilt of having committed an abortion. And every day they wake up with guilt and condemnation. And there may be somebody in this house right now. And you say, I can't even talk about it. I I beg that nobody ever finds out about it. Because if they ever find out about it, they're going to think different of me. You do realize all of us right now have that one thing in our life that we do everything in our power to keep covered up because we know if it ever gets out, we know if it's ever unfurled in the eyes of the world that the devil has got us right where he wants us. I've come to encourage somebody today and say there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus And the best thing you can do is disarm the devil. 
You say, but you don't know the guilt I carry. You don't know what I know and what I carry. Every day you think about it and that guilt overwhelms you and there are people in this room right now and you're saying, I can't believe. Do you know what that guilt feels like? It may have been a relationship. There might be somebody in this room that did have that abortion. There may be somebody in this room. It might be that affair. You're begging, oh God, please, I hope they never find out. I've gotten it over. I'm done. I'm through. I did not deal. I, I, I haven't done. But And, and it, just, it just swells on the inside. If they find out that I did have those homosexual this, or I did go over there and mess around with this, or I am a teenager and and I've dabbled in that. You see, the devil throws that guilt upon you and he throws that weight upon you and he throws all of that. And the best thing you can do right now is disarm the devil and stop living in that guilt and stop living in that fear because I've come with the word to the devil. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Beloved, I remind you right now, we're in the hope-giving business. We're in the life-preaching business. We're in the forgiveness business. We're in the business of letting people who are messed up, who have fallen out, who have made mistakes, who have gone out in the world, who have flopped out on God, who've walked away from the church, who've walked away from the good things of God, and they're so afraid that if the good people inside the church find out what I am and what I've done, they will not want to have anything to do with me. Well, honey, you just heard what God can recognize rescue you from. You've just heard what God can free you from. And I remind you this morning, on this Sunday, on this Mother's Day, I don't care if it's an abortion. I don't care if it was an affair. I don't care if it was a relationship. I don't care if it was a teenage mistake. I don't care if it was a stealing over there. I don't care if it was a mess up there. That Bible does not have caveats in that verse. It says there is therefore at this moment no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I'll give you two things. Number one, I'll talk about the vice grip of condemnation. And then number two, I'll talk about the victory that's in Jesus Christ. You see, condemnation, it's like a vice grip. Did you ever have a stupid friend? Well, if you didn't have a stupid friend, you probably were the stupid friend. Am I right about it, rednecks? Yeah, 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 yeah. That clock's gone up here, so if I start preaching at 1 o'clock, somebody just flag me down and let them know that I need to shut her down, all right? And man, I'll tell you what I had. My, my, you know my friend was? My cousin. A cousin that was two years older than me that I saw last year, yeah, my cousin. And our next door neighbor at my, grand, my, my grandparents' house, he had a shop out back. And inside of that shop, he had a vice grip. And... There's only one thing that teenage boys want to prove, and that's how big a man they are. And you know the way that teenage boys prove how big a man they are? Do something stupid. He said, I bet you, Tyler, won't put your hand in that grip and let me tighten it down. <laughs> Honey, I ain't never walked away from a challenge. I put my little hefty hand right inside of that vice grip and he got to turning, boys. And I mean, he got to turning and it got locked down right there on the joint of my pinky finger. And I just started feeling 
pressure. You know, it was not a sudden slap. You know, I began to feel it at first, but the more he tightened that down, the more the pain, the more the pressure. And you know what that fool did? He took the little thing, the, the handle out of the wheel and went back to my grandma's house. And I sat there, I, it felt like two days, but it probably wasn't but about one or two minutes. And I tried to release my hand from that vice grip. I, I came to release my hand from that pressure. I came to release my hand. You see, that's what condemnation is. It's that slow pressure that comes on your life. That feeling that I'm not worthy of what's been given to me. I don't deserve to sit in church. I've made too many mistakes. And that vice grip begins to pressure on your soul and everybody else raises their hands in the house of God and something on the inside says if you raise your hand you know that they're going to find out what you really have done. You know they're going to find out how messed up you really are and that vice grip it just pressurizes your soul. It just pressurizes your life. There are people in this choir right now and the way that walking with Christ what it's looked like for you is you've had to take one little baby step because every little step you take, the devil says, you take too big a step, big boy. You take too big a step, lady. I'm really going to expose your past. Here's what I tell the devil. Just go ahead and unfurl the whole thing so we can get this monkey show out of the way and I can go on with my life. I'm about done giving the devil ammunition. I'm about done walking in his tricks. I'm going to disarm the devil by confessing my faults one to another, letting you know that it's under the blood and now I'm in Christ Jesus and the freedom that you'll feel when you're outside of that vice grip. And I sat there and I started screaming for help. You know that fool never came back. You do understand the devil that puts you in that vice grip. You keep walking in his way and in his world. He ain't going to do anything but keep locking that thing down. You're not going to get relief by going out into the world. You're not going to get relief at the end of a bottle. You're not going to find freedom from that condemnation on the end of a pipe. You're not going to find it at the bottom of an orange bottle. You're not going to find it in some little pill because condemnation comes from the devil and he ain't going to do a thing to unleash it. And here I sat. And you know I'm sitting there for, it had to be 30 seconds a minute. I mean, I... The whole time I'm thinking about all these scenarios, I thought, man, what am I going to look like walking around like that for the rest of my life? <laughs> Do you know the biggest thing? You know what? I, I was a big boy. And you know what I was really worried about? How am I going to eat? <laughs> you can't cut your food with your left hand. You can't do that. And I sat there and thought about all these scenarios. And you know that's exactly what so many people in the house of God do. 
I can't go to church, you work up this scenario. I can't sing in the choir, you work up this scenario. I can't play the guitar, you work up this scenario. I can't get on the piano, you work up this scenario. I can't get inside of that church, you work up this scenario. I can't labor over there, you work up this scenario. I can't witness that co-worker, you're working up that scenario. And the whole time, the devil knows if you'll focus on the vice grip. You know what I never paid attention to? I'm in a workshop. And you know what's all in that workshop? Tools. So I started gathering myself in that vice grip. And I thought, you know, I don't really need much. You know what you got to have? It ain't got to be anything special. It don't matter where it comes from. All I need was something that would fit the lock. You know what we call that? A key. I looked around and I found heaven's tool. There was a screwdriver that was that long that was laying on that bench. Man, I looked like a twister. I was playing that game called Twister. Son, I was reaching around that way. I thought if I could put my leg up like that, I mean, I looked like an utter fool. But you know what? I didn't care. I was getting out of that vice grip. I didn't care what I looked like to nobody. I didn't care what I had to do to release my hand from that. I was getting relief from that pressure. Man, I grabbed that screwdriver and the first click of that thing. You know what I did? Went the wrong way. (laughs) That is exactly what happens when you start taking that first step toward Christ. That fear of embarrassment hits you. That fear comes over you. You better not tell them that story. They'll find that you're a hypocrite. You better not tell these people that issue. They'll know how messed up you are. You better not witness and go over there. You better not come to that altar. You better not lift up your... that pray. It's that initial jerk. But you know what that initial jerk did? It kn- I knew as soon as I put that pressure, honey, I'm doing the right thing. I just got to reverse the way that I'm doing it. You don't stop what you're doing. You just figure out what works. Honey, I release that vice grip. I got my hand and man, I shook it off and here was the best part of that whole thing. I didn't care what kind of mark it made. I didn't care how it was throbbing. You know why? I was free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. I was free at last. And I remind you today, I didn't come to give you bad news. I didn't come to tell you that that condemnation's on you. That verse goes on and it says this, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That word in right there, it's a Greek word which literally means to denote a fixed position. If I say I'm in Chick-fil-A, you know what that means? At that moment, I have a permanent location. And until I move, there ain't nothing that could change that reality. When you are in Christ Jesus, here's what it says. There is therefore now no condemnation. There is no condemnatory sentence. There is no way that you can ever go to hell. There is no guilt that you need to carry. There is no fear of tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the whole point of what Paul was saying to these Romans who had messed up in Rome, had been temple prostitutes. They'd been people that had worked down in the galleys and the ghetto 
pillars of Rome. They had dealt with all of the, the, temple, the, the temple idols and all these things. But he said, now that you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. There is liberty and freedom even though you feel condemned. You know, I got myself out of that vice grip. And for about the next hour, you know what I kept thinking? I'm still in this stupid vice grip. You know why? Because what I felt was ruling what I am. Some of y'all going to go home today and you're going to try this. And don't blame me for what happens to you. I can't, I can't help it. My hand throbbed. And I had a mark on both sides of my hand that just literally squared off right in, the, right in the meat of my hand right there. It looked like I was in bondage. It felt like I was in bondage. But I was a free goose. People in this room right now, you're going to have to learn how not to live by your feelings. You feel like you carry that guilt. You feel like you've messed up so bad. You feel like you don't deserve it. You feel like God's mad at you. You feel like you shouldn't be in church. You feel like nobody cares. You feel like God's mad at you. You feel like there is no hope. But there is a different reality to your situation. Do you know why? Because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. There's no condemnation to a murderer. There's no condemnation to an abortionist. There's no condemnation to a homosexual. There's no condemnation to an adulterer. There's no condemnation to a fornicator. There's no condemnation to a drunkard as long as they're in Christ Jesus. Now I'm not talking about some willy-nilly mess. You came to church and it's all good. I'm talking about those people that are in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you a real test because there's a lot of people that I know battle with this and the devil will make you doubt, am I really in Christ? Did I really mean it? You say, how do you know if you're really in Christ? At the end of that verse, Lord, put that back up, verse number one. Watch what it says. At the end of the verse, who walk not after the Flesh, but after the Spirit. Here's the question. How do you know if you're in Christ Jesus? Do you desire to honor God? Do you desire to live for Him? That's walking after the Spirit. And Paul says, if you're walking after the Spirit, there is therefore now no condemnation because you are in Christ Jesus. And I remind whoever it is sitting in this room today, I'm hoping you'll find freedom. I'm hoping you'll find liberty. I'm hoping you'll find grace. I'm hoping you'll find peace. I'm hoping you'll walk out of here and say, thank God. Thank God that I'm not under that condemnation. Thank God I'm not under that guilt anymore. Thank God that I'm free in Christ Jesus the Lord. 1772. Lord Mansfield is the chief justice for the king of England. A law had been passed and it was up to Lord Mansfield to sign off on the law. The law was the abolition of slavery 
in the British Empire. And here is what the law said. The law said that any slave that lived in Great Britain was free immediately. But there was a caveat in the law. They didn't realize the writing of the law when it was signed in June of 1772. The caveat in the law said, because again, London was the center of the world in 1772. The caveat in the law said this, that any slave that came to Britain on any merchant's ship, the moment that they stepped foot on British soil, they were a free man. No matter who owned them, no matter what country they were from, they were free and clear. You say, what does that have to do with me? I'll tell you what that has to do with me. Here is what the gospel is all about. The gospel is all about Christ coming to save the Jewish people. It's all about Christ coming to his own flock. Christ coming to the Jewish nation. But there's a caveat in the law. And here's what the caveat says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here is what was originally intended for the Jew to be born again by the grace of the Messiah Jesus. But that caveat says that when I, an outcast Gentile, I, an outcast leper from the colony of the Jew, the day that I set my big foot on top of Mount Calvary and the day that I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter who my father was, it doesn't matter where I'm from, it doesn't matter what anybody says about me, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you, the moment that you set your foot on top of bloody Calvary and put your faith in Jesus Christ. At that moment, you're a free man, you're a free woman, and there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I spent all day yesterday on YouTube. And you know what I watched all day yesterday, Scott? I watched convicts being released from prison. You know how they'll have news cameras? They'll have cell phone cameras? Man, some of these guys had been in prison for 32 years. One guy had been in prison for 39 years. And their release date was upon them. Do you know what every one of those guys, they all did the same thing. They all walked out of the prison door and there was somebody at a camera view that started squalling and screaming. And every one of those fellas that walked out of prison did this. Just lifted their hands and they got them on camera and this is what they'd say. They'd say, how does it feel? They'd say, I don't know how to explain it. They'd say, what do you want to eat? I don't really know. Well, where are you going to go? I don't know. And one boy said this. They said, where are you going to go today? He said, I don't know. For 30 years, I've been thinking about where I'd go when I got out of there. 
He said, but now that I'm out of there, all I can think about is the fact that I ain't in there. (laughs) And there are people in this room, in your heart, you keep saying, one day I'm going to be free. One day I'm going to have life. One day I'm not going to deal with this guilt. One day I'm not going to deal with this condemnation. One day I'm not going to deal with this anxiety. One day I'm not going to deal with this fear. One day I'm not going to deal with this sin. One day, one day, one day. And I'm telling you right now, today is release date for your soul. It is liberty day for your life. It is freedom day for your family. It is salvation day for your spirit. And I remind you today, you get out of that prison And I promise you, there'll be people that cheer and say glory to God in the highest and peace to that man or to that woman. And you'll get out and you'll say like Dr. King said on the steps of that prison. He said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. And I remind you what I'll say whenever you get free. I say free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, you're free at last. I don't care if you came today for mama. I don't care if you came today to visit. I don't care if you came today to hear the choir. I don't care if you drove from two hours. I don't care if you drove from 20 seconds. There is freedom and hope and there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus.